Welcome back to Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making financial concepts a little bit easier to understand. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andrea Pellegrini. And I'm Nikki Giancola Shanks, your other co-host. Today we are going to talk about um, kind of a, a hot button issue, I would would say. We're going to talk about student loan repayments. I would just like to, well, we would just like to make the clarification that we are recording this on March 31st, just in case by the time, you know, if this comes out and something has changed, we'll try to pull it back if anything major. But as of today, everything that we are saying is correct. And it's March 31st, 2023, because we've had this, you know, several years of extensions and changes and conversations and media about it. So we're talking about it from the March 31st, 2023 perspective and anything could change. And we, Andrew and I can definitely uh, talk about student loans for for a long time together. So we are going to kind of try to concentrate today on a few key things. We're going to review the current status, like where we are right now in terms of student loan repayment. Um, We're going to talk about steps that borrowers should start taking to prepare for repayment to start. And then we'll give an update of the public service loan forgiveness program. So that's kind of our roadmap there. As I said, there's lots of things you can talk about with student loans, but those are the, the three main buckets we're going to talk about today. I'm going to get started with kind of giving the update about the current status. So this currently the student loan payment pause is still in effect. The wording around when repayment can start is a little confusing. So we're going to go over that. So you have probably heard that a couple months ago, President Biden had announced that he was doing a cancellation. So not a forgiveness program, but his proposal was that he was going to cancel $10,000 off of people's student loans, and then up to $20,000 if you were a Pell Grant recipient. Before it could go into effect, there were several lawsuits that came about, and it is now with the Supreme Court. Uh, About a month ago, the end of February, they presented cases to the Supreme Court, the complainants and defendants, so the Biden administration, and, and everyone is kind of just now waiting. We're in this waiting period for the Supreme Court to issue a ruling. Um, Supreme Court dates are kind of fluid because they can always kind of, through the Supreme Court, they can like kind of do what they want, but... (laughs) But they typically will issue decisions later on in spring, like May, June. So, you know, that doesn't mean that they they certainly can rule earlier on it if they want to, but that's not typical. So we're kind of just waiting for them to rule on whether or not this cancellation will take place. The Biden administration had launched the website that people could go to fill out the paperwork for the cancellation. But now that has also been shut down for a while because of the court cases. So if you did fill it out at that time, we're being told that if the cancellation is allowed to go through, you will not have to resubmit. Again, that's as of today. If 
the Supreme Court says this program is great, go ahead, continue, then that website will come back on live. So if you didn't fill it out, don't panic. But again, it's just kind of a waiting period. So currently, the way that it stands right now is there is not a specific date that repayment is going to start. Instead, the Department of Education and the Biden administration have given guidance to when that will happen. So they are going to start 60 days after the Supreme Court ruling. Or if the Supreme Court has not been resolved by June 30th, payments will resume 60 days after June 30th. As I said, if let's say they come out May 15th and make a ruling, then that date will be 60 days from May 15th. If they don't rule or they choose to push it, because the Supreme Court, again, they don't have to do a ruling at any time. They could decide they need more time, that they want to hear things again and push it to the fall. So if that happens, then it's 60 days from June 30th. So basically like the end of August then. This is all very confusing. Andrea and I actually, in full disclosure, just went back and reread everything before before we said said it on air again, because it gets very confusing. And it's hard to plan for because of that. So just know that the way that it is being said to, to me at IDFPR as a regulator, what Andrea is hearing in her role is that that there will not be another payment extension, that this is what it is right now. I know it's hard to believe because there has been a lot of extensions, but we want to prepare people as if these payments are going to restart. There is something that's also being done in the background at the same time that's called income-driven repayment adjustments. With that, that's the IDR adjustments. What this means is for people who may not be on an IDR plan, they can currently still get on an IDR plan and then the adjustment period, the adjustment comes in by updating your payment counts. Basically what it means is if you become, if you go on an income-driven repayment plan and you hadn't been in the past, they are going to do a one-time adjustment and count your past payments that were not on an income-driven repayment plan towards your IDR payment, total payment count. The important part about that, well, there's lots, right? This should hopefully help a lot of people who maybe didn't realize that we're on a different payment count, a different payment plan, et cetera. But they are also going to count that if you do this income-driven repayment switch now, they will count all of the months of non-payment during the payment pause towards your IDR payment count. So just to clarify, Nikki's talking about IDR payment counts. Any of the income-driven repayment plans have a cap of how long you will make payments, could be 20 to 25 years, even if you're not eligible for public service loan forgiveness. So that's like outside of public service loan forgiveness, which we'll we'll talk about later, there's a loan cancellation option for income-driven repayment plans after making 
20 to 25 years worth of payments. So there's a lot of people that have been making payments for years and years and years on their federal loans and not making much of a, a dent in it, or there's been periods where they've been advised by servicers to enroll in deferment or forbearance that really wasn't helping them. Um, and so that's why they're doing this adjustment. So if you're in a situation where maybe you work part-time because of whatever reason, um, and so you've been in some type of deferment or forbearance, and so that's lengthened the amount of time you've been paying on your federal loans at the end of the 20 or 25-year period where you would be eligible for cancellation, all those previous payments that had not counted before will now count. So it gets you a little bit closer to that cancellation. And that's another complicated aspect of federal loans, but I'm glad that they're basically fixing this piece that's been a chronic problem for repayment and repayment plans and repayment management for a lot of borrowers. It's a great thing to do. It's just, it is very, it like everything with student loans right now is very confusing. So just know that if you were not on an income-driven repayment plan, you may want to look into switching now. Now is a great time to do that, to look into it, to see if it can benefit you. They just extended the IDR adjustment period. But again, this is something that I personally would recommend that if you're listening to this and thinking maybe that this may apply to you to do it sooner rather than later. So that way you get that the time period that is now on the payment pause, that those months of $0 payments count towards your IDR total payments. That's just my recommendation in terms of trying to maximize the this payment pause for for borrowers. Again, I'm sorry I know that this is confusing, but we're trying. <laughs> so, Nikki talked about like where we are with the one-time Biden cancellation situation that repayment has been extended again to an unclear date. <laughs> If if a SCOTUS made a ruling on Monday, your earliest payment would be in May. If they don't make any type of ruling before June 30th, it could be August. So there's there's this wide window of when to expect possible increases in your in your budget and your expenses. So let's talk about like how to prepare for these different possible scenarios. So the first thing that you want to do when you're trying to think about preparing for repayment is to understand how much you owe currently. There's a lot of people have just been ignoring it. It's time to look. I know it's going to probably be painful for some people, but you can go to studentaid.ed.gov, look at the, um, you can log in with your Federal Student Aid or FSA ID and look at your dashboard. It gives you a lot of information about your total loan indebtedness, how much interest is accrued on that, maybe prior to the interest pause, obviously, and even grants and stuff that you may have gotten while you were in school. Um, this is helpful if you're identifying the possibility of the loan cancellation, because if you got a Pell Grant, it's good to know that because you get twice as much if you're eligible. One thing that we kind of skipped over is that there are income caps on who would be eligible for the Biden 
cancellation anyway. So it's important to keep that in mind. It's not a guaranteed for all federal student loan borrowers, especially because there are certain types of loans that were produced by the government, but then they ended up being private loans. <laughs> and those don't count because they're private loans, not federal loans. So that, that makes more complication. So knowing how much you owe, knowing what types of loans that you currently have, knowing if you were Pell eligible, those will, those, that's all information that will help you kind of understand what your repayment obligations will be in different scenarios. It's always good to kind of assess what your spending looks like, look at your expenses, especially the past couple of years, because inflation has increased costs for a lot of people. And there's been fluctuations in, in um, how we've changed our habits, our spending habits a lot over the past couple of years. So kind of getting a, a better look at what our habits are, our spending habits are right now, um, what are anticipated, maybe changes in those, especially if for any of the, the graduates, right? I'm, I deal with students. So I'll, there's a lot of people graduating. They're going to be relocating. Habits are going to change because when you relocate or you get a new job, you're going to have different expenses. You're going to have different things to consider. If you're having a child, that's going to be an increase in costs as well, for instance, or, you know, adopting a child. There's all kinds of, of things when you're going through transitions that can change your expenses. So getting a good idea of what they are now, how they might change in the next six months will help you kind of get a better idea of what your options are for repayment. One other thing I wanted to just remind everybody is, again, while all of this is going on in the background, regardless of the payment pause, et cetera, there were a lot of loan servicers who no longer are servicing student loans. So many, 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 many loans were transferred to a new loan servicer. You should have received communication via email, via email about this transfer. But let's be honest, people haven't really been paying attention because why would you? You haven't had to make a payment. Yep. So make sure you also are double checking that you know who your loan servicer is. So that way, when you do start payments, you are paying the right person because there is a high likelihood that your servicer has switched. One benefit to using that dashboard from the federal student aid website is they will identify who your loan servicers are, are and how to contact them. So a good thing to do right now is just update your information with whoever is listed as your loan servicers so that if there are changes, they know how to contact you as well. So that's another task to add to the list. Know how much you owe, know who you owe, uh, know what types of loans that you have, whether or not you had a Pell Grant. Those are all things to look at. There's also a loan simulator in the dashboard where you can estimate what your monthly payments are going to be on different types of repayment plans. So you can compare the repayment plans. Nikki talked about income-driven repayment plans. So if you're looking at the loan simulator and you can say like, oh, this income-driven repayment plan, it looks like I'm eligible for based on my current income and where I live and how many people are in my family. And that would be 
a lot more helpful than this standard repayment. And so doing that because you're eligible now, looking at that income-driven repayment plan option now and applying for the adjustment could be very helpful for your long-term wealth building opportunities or just financial management in general. I think it's important to identify a potential range of, of what you might need to pay and look at what the minimum is and what the maximum is for your monthly payments for towards student loans and start thinking about that now, especially if you're in the market for like buying a new house or buying a new car, because you may want it to delay making any major purchases that have long-term effects on your monthly expenses if you aren't sure right now how much your student loans are going to cost you each month. Or consider what the max amount you're going to be expected to pay is towards student loans when you're making those kind of large purchase decisions now. So that's something that came up in my household recently because we're talking about buying a new car. And I I started thinking, oh, in less than six months, we're going to have a significant payment for student loans. And I just, I kept forgetting about it. And so it's important to keep, keep that in the back of our mind as we're thinking about making these larger purchases. Or if something happens like you're, in my situation, the water line to my house collapsed earlier this year. And so that was a big payment that I had to make. Luckily, I had emergency funds. But for people that might have to finance it, they might have to think, okay, well, I have this payment for the next six months, 12 months, 24 months. And I need to make sure to consider that along with my student loan commitments, especially if I'm looking at adding more things. Along with considering a different repayment plan, possibly, and starting the the process of applying for another repayment plan or contacting your servicers, possibly, about the options for a repayment plan or what the criteria is, you want to start building a habit that considers your student loan payment. So you might consider how much of your monthly income is going to have to go towards student loans in the future, and maybe just start setting that aside as part of savings for now, just to start that habit so it's not a surprise as much when that goes into repayment. All right. So now we've kind of talked about the status of where we are. And we've talked about preparing for repayment. And now I'm going to give an update on the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, otherwise known as PSLF. The Biden administration had kind of done a what they were calling a temporary waiver that expired at the end of October, but that basically allowed for people who had been serving in public service for years and years, but maybe didn't qualify in the past due to having a different loan or repayment plan, allowing them to qualify. Because of this, the Department of Ed and Mohila, Mohila is the servicer for just the public service loan forgiveness portfolio. They've received an unprecedented number of applications. Originally, we were told that people would hear back within 60 to 90 days. Blow past that. That is not no longer true. It has not been true. They were, they've just been, they've received so many that it's taking a lot longer to get through. So the last update that we got from we being IDFPR 
got from, from FSA was that they were being told by Mohila that everything should be updated sometime early April. So if you have not, if you took advantage of this waiver period and you sent in PSLF paperwork and have not heard back yet, that is correct. <laughs> it is not weird that you didn't hear back yet. There are a lot of people who are still waiting. Make sure you are just constantly keeping up and like checking the Mohila site to make sure your payment counts are okay. There have been instances that we know of that digitally people can are logging on to their Mohila accounts and see that their payment counts have been updated before they receive the letter in the mail, right? Because the, the mail is slower. So like people may be able to log on and see something before they get the official notification. So just make sure you're staying on top of that. Mohila phone lines, we have had reports of a lot of phone calls, which makes sense given all of this. So if you do have to call Mohila, just mentally prepare yourself for maybe having to wait a long time. I know it's something that they're working on. I've had other people who have called and said that they had no problems. Then I've had other people call and say that they waited for 90 minutes. So I don't really know the current status at this moment, but just kind of mentally, for me, I always have to mentally prepare myself that I may be on hold for a while. So that is, that is my, my piece of advice. My other piece of advice for anything with PSLF, if you haven't yet, but going forward, make sure that you have copies of everything that you've turned in or need to turn in or whatever it might be. If you have copies of what you already turned in, it is helpful when they're going through trying to aid you on the phone. So just make sure you have, like, if you do have to call, you have any paperwork documentation with you for that phone call in case they ask you questions. But along with that, with Mohila and PSLF, if Mohila was not your servicer and then you applied for PSLF, Mohila will become your servicer. So again, make sure you are really checking and reading things that are come that come to you because it's probably information regarding if you had a, a loan servicer switch, if you had, you know, they may need some other documentation from you, whatever it might be. Just make sure that if you are with if you took advantage of that waiver and you are waiting for payment counts and or forgiveness because you've been working in public service for over 10 years, just make sure you're checking on the FSA dashboard and your servicer dashboard. And then if you do have to call, just mentally prepare yourself. This could be a short call. This could be a long call. And make sure you have all your documentation with you for that phone call because it will make it easier on you. I have a question. Um... Yes. I, I might've read this somewhere or heard this as a rumor, but you are more connected with the FSA folks, but I heard that there is a calculator being created to be able to identify how many eligible payments have been made towards public service loan forgiveness or cancellation based on the documentation that the, the servicers have. Was so that, I, uh, did I, I dream it? Well, I'm not sure if you mean a calculator, but right now on Mohila, there's like a bar okay. that is on your page dashboard. Yeah. And it'll say how many, like, and then in the middle, because 
there's like different things that count. But anyway, it will say how many payments have counted towards PSLF and how many are left to go. Okay. Okay. Maybe it was a like visual indicator that yeah. had been already created, but for some reason I was, I, I had heard that or dreamt it or. Well, if you dreamt it, it came to fruition. That's <laughs> yeah, fabulous. On the Mohi, on Mohila's dashboard, it will have that. If you're part of public service loan forgiveness, when you log on, it's like this bar that kind of like and says very clearly, these many payments count and this many payments are missing. You have this many payments to go, which I know personally, I've helped people who have realized that maybe their paperwork wasn't correct in the past and they could go on and they're like, wait, that's not right right away. Like I, I should have more payments. And then I could help them kind of backtrack to what happened and then have them resubmit. So it is nice to be able to see that. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. So I know, as I've said before, Andrew and I could talk about student loans and student loan repayments and plans and policy and whatever all day long. (laughs) Sometimes we do with each other. (laughs) Um, But but, uh, this was kind of just, we just wanted to give you an update of where we are right now. I know it's it's the end of March as we're recording this. So a lot of people who are in college are getting ready to graduate, may have questions. People who are starting to look ahead and getting nervous about repayments starting again. We just kind of wanted to give an update of what we knew right now. I also want to remind everyone that anytime there are changes that affect a large group of people, there's opportunity for scams. So Nikki's been really encouraging everyone to check their paperwork, read stuff, make copies of stuff. It's also important to double check where you're sending information. There's probably a lot of opportunities for phishing attempts in the next few months, targeting student loan borrowers. You should never have to pay for help with your federal student loans. That is why there are servicers. And so making sure that you are communicating and getting information from the correct places like the Department of Education or your servicer, which is identified by the Department of Education's website is very important to avoiding scams. So to review, Nikki talked about the current status of student loans and where we are with repayment. It is kind of up in the air, but expect to have to start making payments within the next few months. There have been a lot of adjustments already done with income-driven repayment, but there's opportunity to get credit towards any income-driven repayments um, towards cancellation or public service loan forgiveness, if you look into it now, there are many steps you can take to prepare for repayment and kind of keep in the back of your mind that there's going to be an additional expense in the next few months whenever you're making bigger purchasing decisions or you're thinking about building your budget or setting goals is you're going to have this additional expense if you're a federal student loan borrower. Public service loan forgiveness, if you applied for the special waiver, which is over now, you may not have heard anything and that's okay. Expect to hear something in the future. But just to remind you there, if you are in a public service position, it's not too late for you to apply for public service loan forgiveness. 
right? I think that sometimes people get confused about the deadline for that special PSLF waiver. But if you're in a position now, you can still apply for public service loan forgiveness. That is a great point. Andrea, I actually just helped somebody with this the other day because they were upset that they thought they missed it. If you are still in public service, like fill it out, do it now. And the income driven repayment adjustment plan will also help those of you that are going for the public service loan forgiveness. The other thing I wanted to highlight that we can include in the show notes is that there are, there's definitely the Mohila lines, the FSA helplines, but there are Illinois specific lines for help as well. There's the Illinois Attorney General student loan hotline. We have at IDFPR, we have an inbox to help as well. So we will make sure those are posted. So it's just another resource for help if you need it. Thank you, Nikki. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today, listening to us talk about student loans. Hopefully we won't have to make another update next week. I mean, the way you and I and our year has been going, I'm not going to be surprised, (laughs) but hopefully not. But uh, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening and please like and subscribe to us on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys. Bye.